Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. I'm going to start with, uh, before we go into how to position uh, your offer, something I have a lot of experience with, um, I first want to start with a concept of choosing your problems so you know what's really interesting is oftentimes we don't compare alternatives to our current set of problems what i mean by that is when we look at the current set of problems in our life it's very rare that we actually compare the current problems that we're going through to an alternative scenario Right. It's very rare that we ask ourselves, OK, I'm experiencing these challenges, these problems right now. But what's the alternative? What's a what would be a different version of this problem if things went differently for me? So let me explain this real quick. Is it work? I'll give you a quick example on this. Is it work? Yes or no. 
if you lose your job, let's say you're employed by someone and you lose your job and then you have to go look for a new job. Is that work having to look for a new job? Yes or no? Yes. 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 So you mean to tell me that not having work is work? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Definitely. If you're doing something about it. Yeah. Okay. So not having work is work, right? Let's go to the next level. Okay. The next level up is you're employed, right? And you're making $60,000 a year. Does it take work to have to micromanage everything that you buy when you go to the grocery store because you're only making $60,000 a year after taxes and after your expenses, probably saving no more than, I don't know, two to $5,000 a year, probably not saving any money. Does it take work to make only $60,000 a year? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Seems like we're, we're on the same page. I agree, right? It's, it's work. It's just a different kind of work. It's work to be unemployed. It's work to be unemployed and searching for a job. It's work to be employed making $60,000 a year and to try to conceptualize living on that and having to cost cut and having to save every time you go buy stuff with your discretionary income. Okay. Is it work? at the next level, like making $200,000 a year working for someone else? Is it work at the next level, running a $500,000 a year business? Yeah, it's still work, okay. Is it work running a million dollar a year business? Can, can everyone here agree that the answer is yes to every single scenario that I just listed? Yeah. Yeah. Our problem is yes. going to occur at, in, in all these different scenarios. Our problem is going to occur. Yeah. So when I say choose your problems, problems aren't going anywhere. Challenges are not going anywhere. The question is what kind of problems do you want to have? What kind of problems do you want to have? So when we are experiencing a problem in our lives, most times we should be grateful for it, first of all. Second of all, we should be comparing that to an alternative scenario to have context around whatever challenge it is we're experiencing in our lives is really nothing compared to what that challenge could be if we were at a lower stage in our life. Like compare the same challenges you're going through now to if you were three steps lower on the ladder of life. And then compare it to the opposite. Compare the current challenges you're experiencing in your life to those, what those challenges would be if you were three steps higher on the ladder of life. Now here's the big epiphany. The big epiphany is that oftentimes we limit what we're capable of because we fantasize about the next level of problems. I know, geez, I'll let that sink in for a second. We limit ourselves because we fantasize about the next level of problems being too much for us. I don't want that next level of problems. If I'm growing a business, I don't want more employees. That's more problems. I don't want more clients. That's more problems. I don't want to hit that next level. You may want it externally, but deep down you have an avoidance mechanism towards that next level of problem. If we don't handle this, our silent beliefs will trap us. So I want you to literally, before we go into positioning your offer, like, and my thoughts on that, you literally should write down a list of every problem. If you were to be at, look, just double everything in your life right now. If you're in business, double the number of clients, double the amount of income you're making, double the amount of 
um, you know, rev, uh, revenue you're making in your business, right? Double everything. Just put, just multiply by two every single thing that's real in your life right now that you want to expand to the next level. And then right next to that, list out what problems would occur at that next level. Does everyone feel like they can do this? This is a very simple task. Can I get a yes if you believe you can do this? Yes, sir. Yes. 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 Very simple. Yes. Just list what those problems would be. And then I want you to draw a line next to each of those problems, like a hyphen. And literally just write out what solution must you learn to solve that problem. What solution must you learn to solve that problem? And now, congratulations, your limitations have officially become your agenda. I'll say that again. Congratulations, your limitations, the things that you had perceived as future problems for hitting the next level, have now become your agenda. If you are unwilling to solve anything that you just wrote down on that page, then you have two choices. A, the first choice, if, you're, if you are unwilling to solve any of those problems, the first choice is to reduce your goal. Reduce your full potential as a person. Does anyone here think that that's a smart option? Option A. Yes or no? Unmute. No, Let sir. Me no why it's not it's not good to just set more reasonable targets and and reduce your potential why be reasonable <laughs> okay the second option is to suck it up figure it the heck out and do it I don't like it. Okay, fine. You don't need to like it. You need to do it. It doesn't matter what you like. It matters what's required. This is why I disagree with partially the whole strengths-based movement because I believe people use it as a cop-out. Like this entire last week and this week, I've had to do things that don't come naturally to me as we've scaled our business, pieces of our project management systems have broken. Like, I don't like going in and fixing project management systems in my business. I like doing the sales and marketing stuff. Like, I don't like having to do operations work like this. Doesn't matter what I like though. We got a very busy team of people. I gotta step up and I gotta find a way to like it or I gotta find, or, or I gotta just limit my potential. So it's not always about, oh, do what you love, do what you love. If what you love doesn't pay you, or there's no demand for what you love, or you have to temporarily suck it up and do something that makes you stronger as a person in order to reach your full potential, do that. Because you're protecting yourself. And who knows, when you do something you don't like, in order to get to where you need to go, have you ever learned something about yourself while doing something you didn't like that taught you something that you did like? Yes or no? Yes. Sure. Yes. Right? So my question to you, okay, is again, what's required? Not what are your preferences, what's required and are you willing to do it? Are you willing to suck it up? All right, so I'm gonna move on from that, but choose your problems. There are gonna be problems in any phase of your growth journey. There will be problems. The question is what kinds of problems do you want? I'll, I will give you an, an example for me. Since we are so good at selling and marketing for our business, 
My problem is we have too many clients begging to work with us. Would you rather have that problem, which by the way, it's a freaking painful problem. Like we just had, oh, I don't even know, 150 clients sign up with us in the last, these are $6,000 a month clients, $72,000 a year clients running all their marketing, all their uh, our lawyer coaching business, right? Like it's a lot of clients and that's a problem. Too many clients paying us $72,000 a year for our new package, which requires a ton of work on our technical team. How many of you would rather have the problem of too many customers throwing $72,000 a year at me instead of the problem of where's the next customer going to come from? Oh, absolutely. Money changes hands when problems are solved. Right. Right. So, all right, let's go into this positioning your unique offer in the marketplace. So the first thing that I think all of us need to understand is as I've scaled our own business to almost 20 million in annual recurring revenue in four years, like our, it, it all started with me cold calling people and asking people to do business with me directly. There was no positioning. There was no brand strategy. There was no, okay, we got to plan out our, you know, our, our brand pillars and all the beliefs that we need to blah, 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 blah. You know, all of the truths that we must stand for in our brand and all this crap. Like there was none of that. There was pick up the phone and sell stuff to people. Right. And that was the first two years of this scaling journey in my business. Right. So from going from zero to 1.5 million a year in our first two years, that was literally pick up the phone, stop thinking and ask people to do business with you. So the first step in positioning your unique offer into the marketplace is to not position it at all. It's to pick up the phone, do what scares you and directly ask people to do business with you. Now I could just stop here, but ultimately all the stuff that you watch, okay, every YouTube videos on how to position your brand, YouTube videos on, you know, and training courses on like, how do I, how do I build an omnipresent brand or all this stuff you do education on is literally looking back for me was all just an avoidance mechanism to picking up the phone and asking someone to do business with me. Looking back every minute, I didn't spend on the phone. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Phone asking someone to do business with me Delayed was not success. was not a, a as good use of time as it could have been. Now, if there is one skill to learn in the zero to one you know, one, two million range in business, it is the skill of sales. It's not even marketing because you need the money to spend on marketing. The way you collect the money to spend on marketing is through selling stuff to people. Can someone unmute and say, sell some stuff? Sell, sell some stuff. stuff. All right, let's all, let's all role play it real quick, all right? Hey, you wanna buy this from me? All right, unmute and say that. Go ahead. Hey, you wanna buy this? Hey, from I got me? something you need, Bill. Okay, say it. Ready? Hey, you wanna buy this hey, from me? You wanna hey, buy this from me? Hey, you wanna buy this from me? Hey, you wanna buy this from me? All right. Now let's say it like we're actually gonna collect the money. Hey, you wanna buy this from me, right? Hey. Come on, let's say it. Hey, hey you, you wanna, wanna buy this from me, right? Hey, you wanna buy this from me? Hey, you wanna buy this from me, right? Wanna buy this from me? Right? Yeah, you wanna buy this from me, man. This is the right solution for you. Let's do this. 
All right, everyone on mute. Say, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. I understand you got to think about it. I get it. All right, I'm with you. I fully agree with you. Okay, I understand you got to think about it. I understand you have all the options. I understand you got all this stuff you could be looking into, but come on, we're going to do this, right? Let's do it. I'm mute. Say, let's do it. Let's, let's do, do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right? It's loosey goosey, baby. Loosey goosey. <laughs> loosey goosey. High confidence, high ask. Low confidence, you're just not going to ask enough. You're not going to ask for the business, right? So if there's one thing to invest in yourself in from the zero to $2 million range, it's like, dude, just master sales, not marketing, master sales, get an excess of cash to where you're like, dang, I need to write all this cash off. And then you're going to dump that cash into marketing. Now the caveat here is during that zero to 2 million range, right? Zero to one, a million and a half, a million, depends on your business model. But from that zero to one to two million range, you know, I, I should really segment this. From zero to one million, right? You're gonna be using, you know, let's, let's actually drag this back. From zero to 400,000, right? You're gonna be exchanging your time for most of your marketing. What do I mean by that? There are two resources that you can use when marketing a product or service. You have the time resource or the money resource, right? The time resource, okay, is optional. Doesn't mean you don't have to do it. The time resource is optional when you have the money, right? I can tell you this from experience. I'll give you guys an example. But Gary V chooses he, his option. Gary V's option he chooses is to still be active on social. Right? He doesn't need to be, though. He could just spend, you know, $50 million a year on ads, right? And get the same number of impressions that he's getting through his organic grassroots marketing. Here's the funny thing Gary V has like a. 15 or 20 person content team that videographers that follow him around every day, editors that edit the raw footage of every meeting that he's at throughout the day. Like, so technically he is spending money on his content marketing, spending a lot of money. Is this making any sense? Say yes. If this is making any sense. Yes. It's making perfect sense. Perfect. Right? So if we can't hire videographers, editors, social, uh, social strategists to like build our own in-house in content team, we have one choice, <laughs> pull out the phone. Instead of what I said earlier, pick up the phone, pull out the phone and film yourself and post it yourself, right? Oh, but I need to go through strategy. I need to figure out the perfect strategy to pull out the phone film yourself go move move someone on mute say go move let's go bill do it go move boom come on just pull out the phone do it anyway and go yeah here's the thing you want to know what your brand is your brand is your true self the more frequently that phone is out and you're filming yourself and putting content out there the faster you're going to identify this brand voice that you've been doing research on. People want to join you on the journey. I know this from experience. My biggest insecurity when I started my business was A, that I'm not a lawyer and we serve lawyers. And B, was my age. Started my business at just around 26 years old. I thought those two things I had to be private about. I couldn't tell my lawyer clients that I, you know, I didn't want to be open about the fact that I wasn't a lawyer and open about my age. You know, it's funny. As soon as I became open about those two things, 
hey, I'm not a lawyer, and that's why you should learn from me. So you don't get outdated principles from people who are trapped to their law firms. And B, I'm young, and that's another reason you should listen to me, because I'm a baby of the internet, right? Then all of a sudden, our business exploded. And C, they're practicing law and not making money because they're not marketing. So how's that work? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So what if everything you're insecure about became your unique selling proposition? Okay. This guy, Nick Santo, you guys see the link up top. Um, I'm interviewing Magic Johnson, Kevin O'Leary, and then Nick Santo, who is um, a guy who was born with no legs, one arm. And became this, you know, he's done TED Talks. He's done like all these big presentations and stuff. And he says, no limbs taught him no limits. Having no limbs taught him the power of having no limits. The fact that he was born with no limbs was actually his unique differentiator as a speaker. And allowed him to get attention rapidly. So interesting. Right? So what I'm trying to hit here is frequency, 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 right? In the early stages, how frequent are you being with your time? Because that's your only asset that you have in the early days as it pertains to pulling out the phone and picking up the phone. So if there are two takeaways from this first half of the session today. Write these two phrases down and just revisit them. Pick up the phone, call someone, and pull out the phone, film something. Pick up the phone, call someone, pull out the phone, film something. Bill, let me ask you a quick question. Whoa, oh, man, shit. let's go, man. Glenn Lundy, Glenn Lundy. <laughs> Let me ask you a quick question while you're on those two. So here in 2022, and, the, and this is a legit, legit question. I'm not messing around. The, uh, you say call someone. Do you feel calling is still the best versus like texting, voice memo, some, something like that? Do you feel like dialing is still crucial? Or is a text a better way or sending a message? I'm very interested in your opinion on that. Yeah. So we so we have a sales team, right? And, you know, it's so funny because they, they ask me this all the time. And both of our both of our sales team members worked for Alex Hormozzi at Gym Launch. Um, and they, they had all these detailed sales processes there and all this stuff, right? And we, we talked about this recently. So... Here's the thing. Most people ask the question of, do phone calls work anymore as an avoidance mechanism, as though they're going to just, I don't know, find some holy grail one communication mode that's going to get a 100% response rate or something, and it limits their actions in all the other areas. So I should say, I should kind of say, instead of pick up the phone, I should say, make the contact, right? And... What, what I mean by that, Glenn, is like whatever it takes to get a response from someone, whether it's, okay, just, just, okay, you thought about picking up the phone, stop thinking, pick up the phone, make the call, leave the voicemail. Okay, great. They didn't pick up, send them a video text message. This is what we do when we do outbound, right? Get their cell phone, make them a call, leave voicemail, immediately thereafter, send them a video text, immediately thereafter, send them an email, immediately thereafter, add them on every social media platform with a, with a connection message, immediately thereafter, send them another email as a reply all with an attachment to, oops, forgot to include this attachment, okay? Immediately thereafter, call them one more time, send them another video text. Oh crap, forgot to send you this attachment, just emailed it to you. Oh, by the way, just added you on every social media platform. Okay, immediately there, it's, the, it's this energy outflow, right? That it's like, I'm not gonna think about, I'm not gonna th overthink this. I'm gonna do whatever it takes, as soon as it comes to the mind, get in the contact through as many modes as possible. Does that make any sense? Totally makes yes, sense. Yes, sir. Um, totally makes sense, and I'm glad that Yes, we, it makes absolute sense. <clears throat> I'm glad that you uh, 
that you spoke to that bill because one of the things in the automotive industry with the clients that I work with, a lot of times they're asking the, their people to do a task and I try to get them to understand that it's, it's the result that matters. How you get to that result, I don't give a flying hoot nanny. Just get the result. So if you have to call, call. If you have to text, text. If it's a voicemail, voicemail. If it's a video, video. If it's email, email. Just get the result. So thanks for speaking to that, Bill. We are, as usual, we are aligned. Absolutely. Uh, is there any voice other to mode? voice wins? That's why we're here, Glenn. Absolutely. Hey, Glenn. Quick question for you: Is there any other mode that you found outside of, you know, email, video, text? voicemail, social media ad and connection messages that works. We have doubled our clients in the last six months through LinkedIn, connecting with people on LinkedIn that are general managers, owners of dealerships, uh, following their pages, building a relationship with them through LinkedIn and through direct messages. Uh, it has been incredibly successful for us over the last six months. Mm, love that. What? How? How are they responding to the messages? Because most times, uh, when you do the connection messages on LinkedIn, people look at it as spam. Is there a separate strategy you're using? Yeah. So it's 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 long term, right? So first we uh, make first we make a connection on LinkedIn, like we we follow them and request that they follow us and then we comment on their posts and uh, when they comment on our posts we respond to those so we really take the time to build a relationship with them and make sure they're the type of uh, dealers that we believe we can help and then when the time is right that is when we shoot into the dms and say hey it's been great connecting with you over the last month i've seen this about your dealership congratulations on this uh, have you heard about our 800% Elite Automotive Club? We work with dealers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so it's relationship building first and foremost, and then uh, we go into the DMs after that. Dang. Give it up for Glenn, everyone. Say thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you, Glenn, thank you, Glenn. so much. <laughs> man, always, always, always pushing the boundaries, man. Yeah. Bro, there's, there's short-term game and there's a long-term game, right? There's a short-term game and there's long-term game. And you should be playing both. We, we, we need deals today, but I also need deals a month from now. I need, I need new clients three months from now. I need new clients a year from now. So spend time each day trying to make a sale today, but you should also be on your calendar. There should be time every day to build relationships so that you continue to add to that pipeline down the road. I think a lot of people miss that bill. Man. Amen. Amen. So important. And, um, I think, uh, I think a big takeaway from this conversation, which I think Glenn pointed out when I said, pick up the phone, I'm going to augment what, what I was saying to, I guess, indicate that it, if money is your top problem, the vessel through which you are going to change that problem is by collecting more money from people. And whatever it takes to do that, whether it's picking up the phone to call or contact people or just get into some form of communication with people who are your ideal client that could do business with you or picking up the phone to exchange your time for content marketing, right? If you don't have the money to spend on ads or hiring an in-house content team, they're the two highest value tasks is getting in contact with people by any means necessary, whether it's call, text, phone, direct message, whatever it is, right? Email, all of the above. Or, and or, I should say, you should be doing both and pulling out the phone and putting out content. Because while you're planning your brand positioning, someone else is doing it. That's the main point that I'm trying to communicate here. And these Facebook ads, you know, uh, people selling you all these you know, fantasy aisle stuff on Facebook, 
right? Saying you can perfect, you know, crush your brand messaging, blah, blah. And then there's someone else just gobbling up market share by taking the actions. That's the point that I'm saying. Is everyone clear on this point? Can I get an unmute and a yes that everyone's clear on this? Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. Super clear, super clear. And I think Justin went to chime in, Bill. I'm not sure. I thought I heard Justin say something. Yeah, I was listening to you and Bill talk, and there's two things I wanted to pull out of that because I'm not sure everybody caught it. One, you know, you talked about the deals you've done, which are latent indicators versus the active indicators. Like, what are you doing to get business over this next 60, 90, 120 days, right? And it's those actions you spoke about that are absolutely key. And it's interesting because people always blame, I don't have a team, I don't have this, I don't have that yet. You know, the organization, organization I run, I'm actively engaging with the developers and the clients I want to work with on their stories on Instagram because now I have a multi-billion dollar company serving them my content, which is building the relationships. Glenn, you pointed out LinkedIn, which is a blue ocean. People in this room, I don't care if you're one person or a team of 100, could make millions of dollars if you commit to jumping on LinkedIn 30 minutes a day. Yet I'm curious how many people are committed to the active indicators of their business. So great conversation. Justin, you are spot on on that, brother. There was a, one gentleman that I connected with uh, through LinkedIn, uh, became a member of our 800% club, then did another deal to have me come to his store. And then we just did another deal uh, that is, it's a quarter million, it's quarter million dollars a year on, on this one client, like through LinkedIn. So all together, that one LinkedIn client will bring like 350 to our company this year and then a quarter million a year going forward as long as we keep them as a happy client all off of that one linkedin connection it's 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 amazing that we live in a time where we can do that like i can't even i can't even fathom you know 10 15 20 years ago we didn't we didn't even have the ability to connect with these people and now you're literally just one connection away from dropping an extra 300k a year into your business it's really phenomenal become undeniable were we saying justin no i was just saying like the other thing i forgot to mention become undeniable what he just said what you're saying just become undeniable that's it yeah so important um and agreed with glenn like the the tools we have at our disposal right now it, it it's it's unethical like you're stealing from your future, you're stealing from your clients by not using as many of the tools as possible, right? So let's talk about like the next step here, okay? Let's talk about the brand strategy stuff because I know that's the title of the room or you know, the positioning and all this ethereal stuff, right? So I'll give you my take on, on the positioning, the actual positioning stuff. Once we've gotten the massive action side handled and we're doing activity, rather than strategy, it should be 90-10, activity to strategy. You should be taking so much activity, you bump your head on the wall, you get a couple bruises, maybe a couple cuts, start dripping a little bit of blood from taking so much action. You're like, dang, man, I gotta really dial in this strategy. That's the right strategy, right? The right strategy is not to keep planning it out, it's to bump your head as much as you possibly can because you're sprinting, 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 sprinting right? That's if you want to make rapid progress, right? So let's talk about um, the choosing of a niche. This is one of the secret powers um, in, in our scaling journey over the last, um, you know, four years has been just claiming a niche, right? And so I talk about this a lot, but making sure that you've chosen a niche that has money, right? This is like so uh, again, it, it's where the, I met this guy yesterday at uh, a dog park with my dogs of all places. And he said he started a marketing agency for up and coming musicians. Does anyone think up and coming musicians have money? No. no. <laughs> do, you, do you think that his, his company failed or succeeded? Failed. We failed. <laughs> so within five seconds of a conversation with him, now he, I think he's interviewing with our company this week to work with us, but super talented guy just chose the wrong niche because he chose what he was passionate about. 
I love serving musicians. Then at the end, after two years of grueling work, probably worked way harder than I did to scale his business, his whole business was ripped from under him. Had no money, all of his clients left, COVID hit, done. Right? Chose the wrong niche. So you see kind of how Glenn has done it. You see kind of how, how I've done it, where we chose lawyers. Glenn chose, you know, larger auto dealerships or mid-sized auto dealerships, right? Most times the owner of a auto dealership, while it is lower margin than most other businesses, most times the owner of a law firm who I serve, most times they don't have problems paying three to $6,000 a month on 12 month contracts for coaching and marketing services. Nine times out of 10, right? That's part of the reason I'm able to get so many speakers at um, my events for a discount on their speaking fee is because they know the qualification of the lawyer audience that I've built, right? So every single person in my audience I'd say 90% of them have the wherewithal to purchase something expensive because of the higher margins, the average revenue size of law firms, right? The fact that all of them went through a certain number of years of law school, which makes them more likely to be white collar, right? In terms of having at least some business chops. So there's certain factors that make what niche I serve, Glenn serves, other entrepreneurs serve either a successful niche or a unsuccessful niche. So there are vertical niches and then there's horizontal niches, right? So when you're choosing your niche, right? And by the way, by not choosing a niche as you're getting started in business, it's costing you 20 times more money, 20 times the money. You would be making 20 times the money if you just chose a niche, vertical or horizontal. So let me explain. And the reason people don't choose a niche in their business is because they fear, it's that opportunity cost fear. What if someone reaches out to me that's not a law firm? Wouldn't I take their money? Well, I can tell you right now, no, we, we wouldn't right now for our agency or coaching business. We would not take the money. There will be a point in time where I will open this up to other industries, but I, I don't need to. I don't need to take the money because we're seeing the benefits of specialization and that's vertical specialization. So what Glenn has done and what I've done serving auto dealerships, serving lawyers is we've chosen a vertical niche. That is a vertical, right? That's an industry niche. That's a vertical niche, right? We chose an industry that we would serve and that became the focal point of the business, right? A horizontal niche is something that goes, like it, like it seems, across verticals, right? So, for example, a horizontal niche would be Facebook ads as a service. Horizontal niche, right? Could apply to any other business, right? Any type of business. Now, let's take it pseudo-vertical, right? Horizontal niche, Facebook ads for, instead of just any business, Facebook ads for service businesses. Facebook ads for contractors. So now we've combined a vertical and a horizontal niche, right? Does everyone catch this? Can I get an unmute and a yes if you're following me up to this point? Triple yes. Yes, following. So in the, in the early stages as you're scaling, you wanna, you wanna combine a horizontal niche with a vertical niche it's gonna allow you to cut through the fluff a lot faster, right? So you wanna combine, okay, we're specialists in let's say Facebook ads, right? For X vertical. That will get you from zero to a million, let's say, or zero to 500K. Then you have to make the choice of either expanding the vertical or expanding the horizontal. This is where business strategy ties in, right? So for us, I would never in my right mind, I don't care if I love Facebook ads, I would never in my right mind run a Facebook ads only agency. 
Does anyone think it's easy to keep clients just doing their Facebook ads? Yes or no? Not at all. It is the lowest retention rate service in marketing agencies. Why? Because most people don't have a high enough budget on Facebook ads to see a result. They don't have good funnels, meaning they don't have a good way to take the attention from Facebook and turn it, funnel it into actual sales. They don't have good sales follow-up processes. Therefore, they will cancel the Facebook ads if that's your only service as an agency. So that's business strategy. So when I, as I was editing SMB Team's offer, it was 50% business strategy and 50% auditing consumer needs and then aligning the two. So I'm giving you guys freaking gold right here. Are you guys ready to hear the gold? Yes. Love me some gold. Yes, sir. Love me some gold. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I'm giving you top secret information right now. All right, only, only because I love you guys. So as we scaled SMB, we started just doing PPC, Google Ads Management, and landing pages. We started doing PPC, Google Ads Management, and landing pages for attorneys. When we hit a million and a half, we ran into problems. We were losing clients, even though we were doing great work for them. That was a business strategy innovation. So I had to go look into why are we losing clients, even though we're getting them results. And I found all these studies that showed that if you could get people to do their full service marketing with you, that they would stick forever, right? They would stick a lot longer if you were doing their Facebook ads, their Google ads, their website and the SEO, et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't think I was the smartest thing since sliced bread. I just looked at the research and changed the business according to what the business strategy showed would be the best business strategy for my goals. I then married that with the consumer needs. Okay, the average lawyer, when we surveyed them, said they would be okay with spending between three to $5,000 a month on their marketing if it was full service. The average law firm doing 1.2 1. 1. to 1.7 million a year in revenue. All we did was survey a few people, right? So I worked backwards from that market feedback and the business strategy feedback and designed a new offer, which was full service marketing at a price point that I already knew that our clients were fine with. So then I had to work backwards to make the sausage right? Because our clients don't need to know how the sausage is made. I just got to make the sausage. So we start expanding into full service marketing, right? We start getting our clients even more leads. This time they're not leaving. They're not canceling with us, right? And we went from a high attrition rate to a five or 10% annual attrition rate, which is unheard of in our business line of business. So what that means, okay, we were still getting people leads through our marketing, but they weren't able to convert the leads into signed clients. They also weren't able to expand their law firms commensurate to the leads that we were getting them. They weren't able to hire the attorneys, build out the systems. So instead of complaining about it and saying, people aren't getting as good an ROI from our marketing services as they could because they can't hire, they don't know how to delegate, they don't know how to expand their team size. We build a coaching program, which is now coming up on, I don't even know, it's gotta be past a third of our entire company's revenue. And that coaching program came from another product innovation that was a combination of business strategy and consumer feedback. Consumer feedback, was built. Thanks so much for generating all these leads for our law firm. I don't know how to handle all the leads. That was consumer feedback. I don't know how to hire the people, et cetera, et cetera. Business strategy feedback said that I found this out from um, multiple studies that were done on high level coaching programs. These are like underground studies that were done on like 
Tony Robbins program. And I, and these, these aren't published anywhere. These are from people who worked within like Tony Robbins programs, strategic coaches programs, like all that stuff. They found that community accountability and tools were the three factors of high retention rate within coaching programs, community accountability tools, community accountability tools, community accountability tools. So I built a coaching program that was based on holding people accountable to their goals every quarter, accountability, community, building a community effect into the program so that the members of the program could meet with each other, which created this platform effect where now they're able to do the work with themselves instead of me having to do all the coaching sessions. And it keeps them happier longer. And then tools means that your program is only as good as its intellectual property, right? If you're just giving people tips and tricks that they can roll out to enhance their business, they will quit your coaching program eventually. If you give them tools that they must run their business on, did I say should or must? Sorry, short-term memory. Must. Okay, must. if you give them tools that they must run their business on, they won't leave. The biggest reason coaching programs fail is because you want to be smart. <laughs> I'm going to give you all these tips and tactics to grow your business. And you know what they're going to say at the end of the year? They're going to say, thanks for all the tips and tactics. I'm overwhelmed. I need to go implement this stuff. Right? So again, this didn't come from me guessing or sitting in a meditative pose. This came from grueling research. So again, business strategy met consumer needs, and we kept editing our offer, which is the title of the session, editing the offer to better position it within the marketplace. Here's, the, here's one of the keys on this. So the market will figure out your intrinsic value at some point. You can only do so much. You know, I, I say in my, in my business, you can only sell so much from stage. Right. Glenn knows this as well. Like Glenn has extremely happy clients that he works with that would cut off an arm for him and give him video testimonials and all that stuff. Right. So if you get good at marketing, yeah, you could you could like create an impression as though your product or service solves X, Y or Z need. Eventually, the marketplace is going to figure it out, though. Market has this very interesting, fascinating way of just weeding out things that don't align with their value equation. Promise someone X value, don't deliver X value. Something's gonna figure it out at some point. It, it will correct itself. So the ultimate way to create a unique offer in the marketplace is, <laughs> it sounds so simple, align what you promise with what you actually deliver. Make sure what you promise is what is actually delivered. I know, I know, it's so simple, so imagine. simple. You wanna add? Oh no, I said, imagine that. Right? It's. I mean, it's such, it's such a key point, right? Um, so Bill, I, a lot I, of what you just said is such a key point. Like it's, it's mind blowing to me. <laughs> it is mind blowing to me how, how similar you and I's businesses are. Like it never ceases to amaze me. And I went through those same like iterations, losing some people at the beginning, not really understanding what was going on. I was getting them results. And without having the secret underground passage that, uh, that, that Bill had, as you were listing out all of those things, like that's exactly what we did, bro. Like exactly what we did. And now we're, you know, we're full service for our dealers. We have the community of dealers that they, that they do a lot of the work, you know, for us. Uh, so we have a, we have community, we have accountability. And it was probably 14 months ago that we added the tool, which was our, our dashboard that they could go in. We add additional things to that dashboard.
explored all the time. Um, so they basically are logging into it nearly every day. Uh, we connected with some of our partners in some other areas um, of their dealership, connected them in those ways. So they're using those tools, but they're using them through us, like literally just built out exactly what you just said. And we don't lose clients, man. Like our clients, our clients stay with us. And, and it's, 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 it's just amazing. So I hope that you guys are getting ready today. It's June 1st. I hope that you're ready for a new month. I hope you're ready for a new, a new day. I hope you realize that 2022 is five months gone, right? It's five months gone. And uh, I hope that in the midst of all of that, you are taking notes and asking questions. If you don't understand it, right? If it doesn't make sense, ask a question. This is your opportunity. You know what I mean? Like, be like, yo, I kind of get that, but I don't kind of get that. Cause like, this is, he wasn't lying when he was saying, when he said he was going to drop gold in here, this is, this is the real deal stuff that you don't hear a lot of people talking about. Bill, the only differences between my company and your company, one, I still have not figured out the Facebook ad piece. Everything I've built has been organic to this point. And B, I had a mentor of mine three years ago, four years ago. He told me uh, something really profound, Bill. He, so he's built out uh, something similar to what you and I have done. He does it on the, the fixed op side of dealerships or the service side of dealerships and has thousands, thousands of clients all across the United States of America. He's been doing it for 20 years. And he said the biggest thing that he did, the most, the most important decision he made was he went to no contracts, Bill, no contracts. And he, and he told me, he said, do not do a contract. I said, what are you talking about, bro? I want the guarantee. Like, I, I, I want to know we're making money for 12 months. Da, 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 da. He goes, when I had contracts every year, I had to sell them on being a part of my program again. He said, I had to resell them every 12 months. I had to resell them. We had to sit down, hey, your contract's up. And then they wanted to negotiate or they didn't want to negotiate or whatever. Uh, he said, so I went to no contracts. And he said, I just assume my clients are gonna stay with me forever. And I make sure that I continue to provide value I make sure to uh, continue to adjust and adapt our tools, evolve our tools. He said, I just make sure that they love being a part of the system. And my assumption is that they are going to stay with me forever. That is my assumption. I'm shocked if they try to leave. And so we implemented that in 800% Club from the get-go. We do zero contracts, but yet we lose almost zero dealers it's pretty incredible so those are the only two differences between my company and yours that i can see you're way better on the paid side and you've got those contracts we don't do contracts but other than that it's like the same business it's crazy yeah it really is um and and i appreciate Bill, would lawyers that. trust you if you didn't have a contract yeah it, you know it's so funny if we didn't have a contract yeah would lawyers trust um, <laughs> it's funny so we have all, we have, we have auto renewals, right? So I, we don't have to have renewal conversations. We, we basically tell them our, 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 so we frame it, which is, which is completely accurate with how we deliver it. Since we're building out their entire website, all their Facebook ads, all their Google ads, it takes months. So if they, it would be in their worst interest to cancel because they would pay for months of us setting all this stuff up without it launching. So like there's certain constraints, I think with what we, what we offer. Um, so we work on a 12 month strategy with pre-planned rollout times. Like day 60 is when we roll out Facebook ads campaign number one. Day uh, 120 is when we roll out campaign number two. We, we have like a whole annual strategy that we roll out. And so they're buying the, not just our services, but our annual strategy. Um, and then it's all auto renewal and that's explained in advance. It's like, you know, we, we operate on an annual um, basis and our contracts are auto renewal with an opt-out period. Um, so if we don't hear back from you, we'll assume that you are sticking through with us for another 12 months, like most of our clients do. So that, but, um, but yeah, I appreciate you going there. I think, uh, 
at the end of the day, the contract doesn't matter though. Like I'm a hundred percent with you on that because people can break contracts if they want. Like if they really raised the stink and said, I'm going to light you up on every social media platform and call you a fraud, you'd let them out of the contract anyway. So, you know, no yeah. doubt, no doubt. So, um, great point. So I, does anyone have a quick question in my last two minutes here? I do. Bill, this is Devin Rodriguez down at the bottom. Uh, What's Glenn, up? <laughs> hey, Bill, man. I, uh, I, I absolutely love this. Glenn, you inspired me. You said, if you have a question, get up here and ask a question. So, Bill, first and foremost, I admire listening to you every time. You're just amazing. But my question is, to get straight to it, uh, the tool piece. For some people that might not have a software such as what you guys offer in terms of the ads and so forth, what about those that have a coaching program that is a little bit less tangible? For example, I teach service-based entrepreneurs how to use the power of storytelling to grow their business. So I'm a little, not confused, but I just need a little bit more of understanding. How could we potentially add the tool to our program so to I'll, increase our I'll retention? Give you, I'll give you an example. Great point and great niche, by the way. Um, here's the challenge and I'll just be completely kind of open about this. So the, the first thing, so let, let me answer the short, the short question, which is if you don't have software, I, I, I have a software dashboard for our review platform. I don't have a software program for our coaching though. So Glenn has software. I don't have software. I'm, I have cold, hard tools. Like our, our members get access to our weekly planning tool, our daily planning tool, our quarterly boulder setting tools, these are just PDFs, right? That, that we walk our clients through on a quarterly basis to make sure they fill them out. But they're all just PDFs that are extremely important to their business. And then every quarter, the PDFs are put into an, a comprehensive workbook. And that workbook becomes the focal point of the quarterly uh, sessions that, that we do. So the second, so, the second point is, is storytelling a multi-year retainable niche? I don't know if it is. Once they get, once they master the skill of storytelling, they are going to cancel with you. That's the unfortunate truth. So skill-based coaching is not set up for 10-year relationships with people. So that's great get to 500k get to a million get to whatever your financial target is just doing the storytelling coaching and then you're gonna have to expand that to something that so what we promise our clients is that we will help you double your revenues in under 12 months that's complex if they fail at that in year one great they get an opportunity to maybe get it in year two right there's a, it's such a big promise that there, it's going to take them years to master the art of blitz scaling, which is doubling a business in under 12 months. So much has to happen. Hiring them, you know, getting good at creating YouTube videos. There's so many skills that have to be accomplished for them to earn the right to double their business in 12 months. My clients, that is, that the chance of them leaving after year one is so slim because they're going to feel like, gosh, I need another year of this program in order to, in order to figure this out because it's such a complex skill to learn doubling a business. So my suggestion to you would be to, uh, start planning. What is that next offering that's beyond storytelling so that you could actually, and literally write this out, write this out. What would it take to keep a client for three years? Write it all out. You already will have the answer. So hope that helps. Great question. And Bill, Bill, I want to, I want to add to that for Devin, you know, for example, I was thinking as Bill was talking, I was thinking, okay, so storytelling, right. Helps make people better storytellers. Good. Why do people want to be a better storyteller? Well, most likely they want to be a better storyteller because they want to write a book or they want to speak on stages, right? So we can add components to your business where you can help people launch a book. You can help people with book tours. You can help people uh, book paid speaking events. You can get people networked in with how to get speaking events. 
So that's what Bill's talking about is take that one awesome niche where you know exactly who your target avatar is, which is great, but then expand the services that you can provide for them outside of what you initially do so that you can continue to add value into their world and they continue to stay in yours. I hope that helped. Uh, thanks, guys, so much. That was awesome. That was the best advice I've been given in months, guys. Thank you so, so much. Thanks. Good stuff, Glenn. It also allows you My to pleasure. move from skill base, which is not very scalable, to some more scalable opportunities. Man, you and I, Glenn, ought to, ought to go into business and start, uh, start doing <laughs> coaching program design, you know? Bill, there, are, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that you and I will uh, share, share much impact in our lives over the next few decades. Maybe you're hype, man. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, I am three minutes over. want to be respectful of everyone's time. I've... Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.